Welcome to the Bear Den Podcast, presented by Bear Performance Marketing. Sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and feel free to use all of the marketing knowledge we have prepared for you. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Den Podcast. I am your host, Matt Fralick. It's been a long, long time since you probably heard from me. Kicking off season two, I guess, if that's what we want to call it. But I am joined here today by a friend of mine, an acquaintance, network friend, resident of Green Bay as well, former classmate at UWGB alumni, uh, Nick Meisner, who is the vice president of digital marketing for Discover Green Bay. Nick, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic, man. It's great to be here. Excited to hear that you're kicking uh, kicking the bear den off again and thrilled to be on and, and talk a little shop with you. Yeah, it should be good, man. I mean, honestly, you, we were talking a little bit how we're going to structure this and you reminded me, I was thinking like, Nick's been in marketing for a couple years, 11 years. <laughs> like, So you got, some, you got a decent amount of experience in comparison to some of the other people we've had on in the past. We've had business owners, some people that dabbled in marketing, some people that run a couple businesses on the behalf of someone else. A wide variety, but I feel like someone that's quote unquote an expert like yourself that's been in it for 11 years. I mean, you might not even call yourself an expert, but it's like no. 11 years of any 11 years of anything you at least observe enough to, you know, have an opinion and some compare and contrast and pros and cons. So that I'm excited to get into that, but like first and foremost, really really broad question what is Discover Green Bay? That's a great question because you know Discover Green Bay is is a new brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you know when you talk about uh, you know how long and 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 uh, how how long it takes to to build a brand following for the longest time, many many years, um, I don't even know how many. Our organization was known as the Greater Green Bay Convention and Visitors Bureau. Try writing a 15-second ad with that title. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So this was, you know, I've been with Discover Green Bay now since August, uh, August August-ish. They launched the rebrand in July. So right before right before I started, uh, shout out to you know we uh, the the team that worked on that, Cameron and Brad on our team, Ashley, the entire leadership team, Julie and Beth worked really hard on on this brand, um, all while doing a search for a marketing VP. So I can just imagine what they had to go through. But you know, stepping in. It was interesting, man, because it's like, this is a new brand you're kind of given. And there's always that trepidation, like, okay, did they do it right? You know, did they, did they take the proper steps? Did they, did they do the surveys? Did they do the the customer research? Did they look into industry trends or did they just slap this on, on the wall and say, let's go. And I was really, really pleased that they did everything by the book and um, came out with some some really good uh, talking points and message points uh, to go along with the new brand. So, um, but that was a, a little bit of a, a detour there. But um, Discover Green Bay is our is Green Bay's DMO or Destination Marketing Organization. A little background on that: we are in what we would call a tourism district. So, different municipalities structure it different ways. Either the city is in charge of, of tourism or in some larger places, there's, you know, the, the tourism entity for a city, but how we structured it here, which I think is great and, and really uh, shows the cooperative nature of Northeast Wisconsin is that a bunch of municipalities came together and said, we're going to, we're going to structure this as a tourism district. Now this was back in the 
sixties when the hospitality industry was, you know, starting to take off. And so all the municipalities came together and created a tourism district and to create a tourism district, you need to have a room tax commission. So that is representatives from each district and representatives from our lodging association in the hotel industry. They come together and create a room tax district to decide how the room tax, you know, when you, when you stay at a hotel, you see that, that room tax number, um, that goes to this commission and they decide the best ways to spend it for our community. Now in a, in a good structure like Green Bay's, the tourism, uh, the tourism district and the room tax commission uses those room tax dollars to build tourism infrastructure and also to market the destination as uh you know for for meetings conventions leisure tourism sports events all of these types of things the room tax commission then votes on a representative or an organization to be the destination marketing organization or dmo way back going on 50 65 years now that agreement has been with the greater green bay convention and visitors bureau which has been rebranded as Discover uh, Discover Green Bay with support of the Room Tax Commission. So we get a, a moderate percentage of the room tax dollars to market Green Bay as a tourist destination and deploy our team of salespeople to bring in sports events, group tours, conventions, meetings. So our team goes all across the country uh, from a sales perspective to generate leads for our um, our hotels, our expo center, our sports venues like Lambeau Field and Cornerstone and things like that. Obviously, we partner with the Packers on anything with Lambeau Field, but um, and you know the Cornerstone Ice Arena and UWGBs. You know they have that new softball diamond and they have the Crest Event Center. All of these things we're going out and kind of being that tip of the spear for bringing in those events and and venues. The other portion. The, the larger portion of the um, room tax in Green Bay actually goes towards building tourism infrastructure. So tourists actually built the Resch Center, the KI Convention Center, and the brand new Resch Expo. And so that those room tax dollars go towards paying off the bonds for those buildings, which kind of set us apart and bring in even more business to the area. I mean, a five minute explanation that I feel like you hit it on the head. I actually learned a little bit. Like, I feel like you and I had talked about back in September, we met up for an event and like you told me a little bit about it was most of it had to do with the rebrand, which I thought was really, really cool because the mouthful that was the previous name was a mouthful. And even just like the actual branding of it and the aesthetic and the logo and everything, like the color scheme, everything was super, super good. But like the explanation of how the room tax works, getting people as far as like the tourism district, destination marketing organization, that's an excellent explanation. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think it's important for people to to know that, you know what I mean? Because, right. you know, you see these, some of the great examples uh, in, in marketing a lot of the great examples in marketing come from the tourism industry, right? Like Tim Allen in Pure Michigan, right? You remember that one? You know, yeah, of course. Uh, the you know, it was like almost like a Sarah McLaughlin type ad, but they were effective, right? And they got Tim Allen's voice, and and all of us '90s kids are nostalgic about you know home improvement and and the Santa Claus while he's talking, right? And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, you see the beautiful things that Door County does with their landscapes, and you see the Dells and the water park capital world, and you see Discover Green Bay and Beyond Legendary, that is all built by tourists. That does not come out of 
local do- local people's dollars whatsoever. It's it's the people who are coming here and staying here. And same with those buildings, which I, I think is really, really cool because it's such a benefit to our community and not a dime of it comes out of our tax dollars. It's all paid for by the tourists. So I think our community has done a really great job in structuring how we use those tourism tax dollars to not only benefit and bring in tourists, but benefit our community. Um, I mean, think of all the things that go on at the Rush Center and and Rush Expo and KI and all of these things that are a direct benefit to us in Green Bay. So I think it's important for people to kind of realize that because you walk by those buildings and you say, holy crap, that must have been expensive. And naively, I would assume like, you know, the rest center, they get some money from people that rent it out and some acts like there. And then all of a sudden they build a convention center in, or the complex. And you're like, how the hell do they afford that? Like, what, what are they bringing in enough of these country? <laughs> they're bringing in enough of these country concerts to take some money off the top or these gambler games are really profitable. Or even like KI, like KI has been a staple in this community since I've lived here since 2008. And I was just like, I assumed they partnered with the Hyatt at one point in KI and built that. And like, I had no idea that the, the tourism taxes go there. And also naively, like, we're recording this before the divisional game of the, the Niners coming to town. Like a lot yep. of people traveling, you know, they see those those rates on the rooms and they're like, oh, crap. Like so-and-so hotels lying in their pockets. And, oh, if I would have booked it, you know, last weekend for a non-home game, it would have been half the price. And like naively for me, and I'm sure there's other people listening, like you would assume that it's just like, okay, those companies or those, you know, those hospitality organizations are getting that money. And that's clearly not the case because that's a fixed rate and that money goes back towards the city to generate more than just, you know, Packer game days and everything else. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We're, you know, right now we're in the process of, of bidding on some, some pretty cool events. Some I can talk about and have been out there like the NFL draft. I think there's been a little bit out there about uh, the the big 10 has looking into bids for the championship game, the big 10 championship game and bringing that into town. One of the ones I'm really excited about that we're working on right now is, so, you know, up in Marinette, just up the, up the bay from us here. They have a Fincantiari Marinette Marine, and they're building all of those littoral combat ships, and they need ports to commission these ships in. And so we're working with the Navy right now on bringing in the ship commissioning, hopefully USS Beloit, in 2023. And our CEO, Brad Toll, he was fortunate enough to go to the ship commissioning of the USS Green Bay out in California because the USS Green Bay was a, is a Pacific fleet ship. And he was telling me about this for a whole week. All of the, the ship is docked in our port. You can do tours of the ship. The entire fleet is in town for the entire week. All of the commanding officers are in town and there's all sorts of events going on, both private and public. And then the day of the event, they do the they do the commissioning ceremony and they ring a bell and the, the sirens and the radars start to spin and the entire fleet of the ship runs up to the ship and takes their posts up all the ramps and everything. And then there's a Navy um, plane flyover that zips by and it brings Damn. thousands of people into the community. And it's a real patriotic, like pride thing to have that happen in one of our ports. So those are just a few of the the projects that, you know, Discover Green Bay, and and that can give you kind of a sense. Those are some of the larger scale ones. You know, there are a lot of smaller scale ones each and every year, you know, bringing in USA hockey, bringing in soccer tournaments, bringing in, you know, we have the logging conference coming to the Rush Expo and and all of those types of things that, that fill room nights, heads and beds, as we say. 
Absolutely. Has there ever been, like, has the Navy ever brought a big ship like this, like the USS Beloit? Has that ever happened? Obviously not in your time here since August, but in Brad's time or Cameron's time, or has that always been like a big push to try to get that to occur? You know, that's a great question. Um, I don't believe so. Um, I don't believe there's been a ship commissioning here, but with Marinette Marine Mm -hmm. being so close, Fincantiari, I should say, um, you know, it just makes sense. One thing I've always been wondering, and I think we talked about this last time we we spoke in person, I have to imagine one of the biggest challenges your organization has is differentiating yourself from the Green Bay Packers, right? It's fantastic to have the Packers come in and like bring people and not like you're aligned with them, but like I would imagine a lot of people are like, Discover Green Bay, what what are they actually really providing? Because the Packers at 1265 are bringing people in regardless. Why why the hell do we need this tourism organization in there? So I got to imagine it's like, okay, we, we love the Packers. They do a hell of a lot for us. However, there's more to Green Bay than what is a 1265 Lombardi. Like, how do you guys parlay off of what the Packers do, but also extend that, that notoriety? I want to start out the answer to this question, Matt, with saying that the the Packers, the Hall of Fame, the Titletown District, everything that's that's involved have been just absolutely wonderful partners in, in my time here. They're unbelievably supportive of what we are trying to do. They, um, you know, they, they provide us with support on some of these bids for these things that would potentially leverage Lambeau Field outside of just Packers games. You know, they're building tourism infrastructure in the Titletown district every single day. They are just wonderful people to work with. And historically, you know, Discover Green Bay or the Convention Bureau, Visitors and Convention Bureau wouldn't you know, be able to do what we do without them. I have a few points for you coming kind of from the new brand and from our strategic plan for this year. Uh, number one in the rebrand, our tagline is beyond legendary. And so we're really hammering that message home that, you know, we're known for that legendary football team. But when you discover the rest of Green Bay, you'll realize it's beyond legendary. And, uh, you know, we're, we're consistently talking about the Packers, especially this time of year. I mean, you know, how do you not lean into the playoffs, right? You know, we don't necessarily, like you were saying, it's not our job to market people to come to the game. Like, what is the 30-year season ticket waiting list, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 marketing itself. But, but what we're trying to do, Matt, is a lot of times what we hear from people is, hey, I came in for the game. I came in Saturday you know, left Sunday after the game, if it was a noon game or, you know, maybe early Monday, if it was a, a late game. And I went downtown and I didn't realize you had all of these cool shops and all of these great restaurants and all of these unique museums. And, you know, our response is, well, you know, when they say that and they're leaving or they have already left our destination, we say, well, come back, you know, <laughs> come back in the summer when you can walk around and, and, and it's, you know, 75 and sunny. But what we've t- been talking about a lot during this playoff run and, and a lot of our messaging that's out there right now is let's stay another day. When you're planning your trip, plan a Thursday through Sunday or a Friday through Monday and leaving Tuesday and you'll leave yourself time to explore things like the automobile gallery and our restaurants and the Neville public museum and Bay beach. And uh, you know, these, all of these attractions, because, you know, it's funny. One thing that we kind of paddle upstream against is, is the fact that green Bay is always referred to as the smallest city, right? The smallest city to host an NFL team. And 
I think it's a natural kind of thing to, to a natural leap to make is, you know, smallest city to host an NFL team, they must be tiny. But I, I think, you know, what we try to do is shift that lexicon and shift that, that line of thinking to be, we're big enough to host an NFL team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Packers are definitely, uh, again, the kind of entry point for a lot of our tourism. But like I was saying, you know, our revenue comes from from room tax. So, you know, think about all think about the full hotels and the rates that you see for a playoff game. And if we were able to convince just half of those people to stay just one night, the impact one extra night, additional night. So stay three nights or or four nights. The impact that that would have would increase our economic impact of Packer games by 25%. So that's really where our focus is right now. We're not marketing people, you know, we're not marketing or messaging for people to come in for the games. We're trying to find those people that are coming in for the games and convincing them of the, the, the fact that Green Bay is so much more than, than, you know, I don't, I don't, I always hate saying just the Packers, you know what I mean? Cause it's a big deal that they're here. Um, and like I said, they're wonderful partners. But and and I think if you would ask anyone in the Packers organization, they would say, "Yeah, they're behind this 100. percent Let's get these people who are here for these games to stay as long as they can." That makes total sense. And like even from my own experience, obviously living in Green Bay, it's not the same. But if I've gone to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game, or traveled, you know, down to Milwaukee for a Brewers game or whatever, like I feel like most people when they're traveling for a sporting event or any specifically a sporting event or an event or a concert, right? Like you, you're so fixated on the the commute there, the commute back and the event, you don't really ever give yourself that extra time to explore the area, right? And I feel like that's yeah. part of the problem because it is it can be expensive for travel if people are flying and getting hotel rooms and getting tickets to games and whatnot or concerts. But like to give yourself that extra day or even half a day, you know, you push a flight out up until the afternoon and you have that morning after you check out of the hotel to explore, you know, four, five, six hours, like you can take advantage of that. And that's where you guys come into play. What are some of your, your favorite hidden gems in Green Bay that you like to recommend? I know you guys put out some blogs every now and then about best wings or best breweries. Maybe there's the consensus for Discover Green Bay's team, but like, do you have any of your, your preferred spots that you like try to get people to go to? And that can be anything. Get, get, give me the rundown. I know you got kids too. Some of this might even skew a little bit towards the younger if, if necessary. That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I grew up here. I grew up in Green Bay. Uh, you know, I, I was lived in Ashwaubenon for 10 years when I was growing up. Then we moved to De Pere as a family and still in De Pere. And, and so I have, you know, I've seen the uh, evolution of the city and it's really it's something i'm really proud of and you know even though i've really not had much to do with it it's still a point of pride for me right i uh, number one i say go downtown and to the broadway district and one thing that you'll be surprised about is how walkable any of these like amenities and things are i mean you can go downtown and go you know say you wanted to do like a couple different breweries. You could hit Copper State and Titletown. If you're here during the summer, there's the City Deck and the Fox River Trail. You can take your bike and just kind of hop around and grab an app or a drink at, at a bunch of different restaurants. There's all sorts of local unique stores. So, you know, as far as that goes, I, I don't even know if I would recommend one place specifically in that district. I would just say get down there and 
I know you guys have, you have gone to it, Matt. That you know, if you're here on a Wednesday, you know, anytime before December, mm-hmm. the farmers market is like I, That's it's smart. like a. It, I get. I always try to. I know. I always try to describe. It. It's like a, it's almost like a state fair on a weekly basis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can go get your funnel cakes and your cheese curds and your, you know, fresh flowers and fresh veggies. Uh, my wife and I used to live biking distance to to that, and I, it's one thing I miss living. You know, living out in the suburbs, right? Is being able to bike down to that. Then, as far as unique finds, I mentioned it once already. I had before I started at Discover Green Bay, I had not gone to the automobile gallery before. And I was always like, yeah, it looks really cool. Like, it's great. And and Red, you know, rest in peace, uh, Red, it, he started it with his car collection. He was the founder of the PDQ car wash systems. He had this car collection and it was his passion to share it with with the community. And their tagline, I should say, is the uh, the automobile is the art. You walk in there and it's like each piece is is pristine condition. And there's some really cool, really cool vehicles that you just don't see really anywhere they have some that are like one of one or one of five and you i walked around that place for the first time i toured there after i started here at discover green bay i think i ended up there for like an hour and a half because there's just hundreds and hundreds of cars and each one has a story that the curators at the museum you know have carefully researched and wrote and you know so i I wouldn't even say if you're a car buff if you're just like a history buff in general or or like that kind of thing or an art person, like it is a true gallery. And the cool thing about it is you can you can host events there too. And so you can have your event kind of amongst these awesome cars. I'm thinking about planning my dad's 60th birthday party there. It would be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. And then, uh, you know, as far as, as families and kids go, Titletown District, any season, sledding, ice skating, the park, the field, it's not really it's not really a hidden a hidden gem, but I, I would say I bring my kids there weekly, and we even go there during the winter. We uh, we recently started doing the turn. I don't know, have you been there? I have not yet, but I, I've been wanting to. I have not gone though, but it looks like a good time. Oh, dude, it was it was so much fun. We've gone there a few times now, and you pay by the hour or whatever. They have great food. They bring it right to your like your booth, and so <laughs> I'll just I'll go off on a tangent for a second because this is funny. So I'm there with my kids. And uh, it was one of those like random school days that they had off, but my, you know, my wife had to work. So I was like, yeah, you know what, whatever, I'll take off. And I think I was working the weekend for, for the game. And, uh, (laughs) and so we're just, you know, hitting the ball around playing the, they have like zombie dodgeball and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And, and it's the weekend of a Packer game. And, you know, you can tend to see celebrities around Green Bay. I wouldn't say this was a celebrity by any means. Maybe he is. I don't know. But the You Betcha dude walked in. The guy from those, like, the You Betcha videos. I think his name's Miles. Sure. The dude that, the Bush, mm-hmm. that guy, <laughs> he walked in. So I'm like, hey, man. And I went over and talked to him for a little bit. He was super nice. But, yeah, it's a cool place. Absolutely. I love the title town district. I think it's like even before they I mean, there's like you mentioned earlier, like they're still expanding it, right? They're still adding to it. If you don't go there like mm-hmm. every month, every other like every time I go there, I feel like, oh, there's something new that can be seasonal based where they're like, oh, we're transitioning in the fall. 
oh, I don't go there for a couple months. And they have these two huge apartment complexes slash condos up. And then the winter, I feel like they're always adding something to the winter setup because that is, you know, half of the season around here, five months of it. Titletown District's incredible, but like back to the downtown area, like honestly, even like Wednesdays are great downtown. I feel like it's one of the best things. It's, it's, I mean, I like to drum it up as more of like a beer truck and, you know, food carts and everything, but there's live music and it's like, and it's in with what, two and a half blocks? Like it's in, there's just a ton of people. It's, it's fantastic. But even it's the second biggest farmer's market in Wisconsin. I didn't know that. That's good to know. I feel like even on on a non-Wednesday, like you can still go downtown and go down to Hagemeister, come across some live music, go on, you know, anywhere. And there's something that's always going on downtown. And it might not be the biggest square mile area, but like you said, that's better. You can actually walk. You just walk from one side of the bridge. You grab one of these new bird scooters possibly and buzz that around it. I mean, that's, that's an option too. We just finally got those. So I think, I mean, Green Bay's got some, got some cool stuff. Let's transition a little bit away from Green Bay, if you don't mind, yeah. Nick, and Discover Green Bay. Like, what the hell does the mark, or the VP of marketing of digital marketing, do for Discover Green Bay? Like, what is your primary role? Is you you're just moving a lot of pieces with your team, long term plan, five year? Like, what what do you what do you kind of do? What's what's your role? All of it, man. All of it. I've I've kind of found myself in this place and 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 fell backwards into this nonprofit, community based marketing stuff. I mm-hmm. spent you know a few. What was it like four years leading the marketing team for the Salvation Army have really found a, a passion for it. Um, one of the things uh, that's challenging about these types of roles is is what I just said. You, you kind of have to do a little bit of a little bit of everything. You know, right now, my focus in January has been annual planning. We were we were granted some ARPA dollars from the state to to recover, so we we have a bigger you know bigger budget than than ever this year. So it's a lot of it's a lot of putting the pieces together right now, and then you know once that plan's in place, it's a lot of execution. We have a team, a marketing team at Discover Green Bay of two, me and our uh, digital marketing specialist who kind of handles you know we we meet on a regular basis and i kind of say okay this is what we want to see from a, a voice tone strategy on our social media channels and and she she's been great and just being able to kind of go out and, and capture that and you know we're really focusing on on modernizing the discover green bay marketing right now before my time, they were starting the the digital transformation. They had um, a team member who was focused on the digital side of marketing and did a lot of really the foundational work, you know, getting the Facebook page and the Twitter page and the Instagram page going, but kind of needed that focus of like, okay, now that we have this all going, how do we go about content creation from a strategic perspective instead of just kind of throwing stuff at the wall? And I think that's what uh, what I've been working on the past couple months and actually was just finalized yesterday with our last presentation to the room tax committee which i talked about uh was our annual plan and and we've identified uh seven strategic objectives that we're going to tackle this year the focus of this year is number one leveraging these dollars to make a bigger splash in our drive markets when i say drive markets that means uh, you know, people able to drive to our destination and, and stay overnight. Those That drive market does, usually on our reports, we see that it's about 80% of our overnight stays are from those drive markets. But we do, you know, we, we do national and, and international marketing initiatives as well with some partners in the travel industry. One of them is Brand USA. They handle the international marketing for 
the country and then um, we do we work with some national publications as well drawing that travel market but our strategic objectives this year are really based on on those drive markets and then also artificially bringing some of these extra dollars that we were granted this year into next year uh, what I mean by artificially bringing that money over is investing in things that are going to last more than a year. So building our social media audiences on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and, and building those audiences, you know, building that website traffic so we can start to tag devices and remarket to them as we move into out of you know into 2022 and then out of 2022 into 2023 and beyond updating our asset library um that's a huge trend in the travel industry right now you know we we have to have good videography we have to have good photography we're partnering with a couple local firms and Corey wilson photography and shift visuals are going to be helping us with that strategic initiative we're going to be the doing four key campaigns this year that we're planning uh summer uh, spring campaign for summer travel summer campaign for fall colors and fall outdoor activities campaign around training camp and then as i mentioned earlier a big campaign is going to go towards extending that stay when people are here for packer games as well um, and then a, a big push in the in the business to business space too. We're planning a big push um, in ultra targeting um, event planners, which you know in the marketing space, you know I talk to people in in sales and they're like, oh, we want to market to everybody. And Matt, if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. Exactly. I'm like, well, your event planners are like a very targeted group of people, and like we know what they want. And we can track their devices and they give you that information, right? They all have LinkedIn profiles that say, you know, event planner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we're going to be doing some campaigns around that. And we're also going to be doing some geofencing around the events that our salespeople attend. So a big year ahead. A lot of work uh, for our little team, but it'll be a lot of moving pieces and uh, kind of getting people in the right place on the bus and things like that. One thing you I want to kind of hit on transition a little bit here is you'd mentioned like, the person previously in the role of yours, or maybe that was supplementing the, the, the department of two right now, uh, previously there was, you know, mm-hmm. getting the social media presence out there and getting, getting just out in the people's eyes, right? Obviously you had been in marketing for 11 years. You've mentioned a, some of your previous mm-hmm. roles. You don't have to get into them specifically, but I just feel personally, like even having been in my role for almost two years exactly now, that's changed quite a bit. And that's even from something super minute as like the Facebook pixel and how that operates or certain social media yeah. functions. And like, what did marketing look like in July of 2010 when you started into it? Where, I mean, where is it progressed? And this honestly could be its own episode. Is is that for the better? Is it for worse? Like what anything in, in that realm of where it used to be to where it is now? And I know that's a very wide open question, but I want to kind of leave it to you to paint that picture. I mean, I think it's just sophistication at this point um, in the in the digital space, mm-hmm. you know. Even in the in the time that I've been in marketing and in this world, people's attention spans have shrunk and shrunk and shrunk, and there's more and and more channels. And you know, it's funny though because the more things change, the more they stay the same. I remember in my in my first role, um, one of my great mentors and and people that I really look up to, Dana uh, over at Purveya, she was in charge. I think her title when I started over at Purveya was new media manager or something like that and she had a ton on her plate because she was also doing she was also helping in like the pr space so so um you know she we were working on like literally launching you know we put together a pinterest page for the first time sure you know and we put together a twitter page and she had the facebook 
stuff at that point humming and and she was you know in charge of that but uh you know it was a lot of like we don't know how we're gonna use this <laughs> but we know we should be using mm-hmm. it today there's a lot more of a there's a lot more clarity around who's on these platforms and how can we tailor our message to them and how do we do so in a way that will bring value to their day but also be quick enough to send a message that they don't lose interest. You know, on the technical side, social media advertising and digital advertising has become so much more of a science than an art. You know, I think marketing, you know, back in, you watch Mad Men and Don Draper, and it was all about images and words. And it's funny, you look at some of those old ads, and they had a paragraph and a half of copy on a magazine app you know now you're looking to to say something in 200 and some characters you know so it's really about it's really changed to how do we tell our story quickly and bring that connection i also think we've become you know we've kind of brought in more of a strategy around being more of a chameleon when it comes to content right like you know we're a lot of my focus now is how do we create content that doesn't feel like marketing but really is getting our message out there in a genuine way, you know, not fabricating or or being something we're not or being, uh, you know, taking the brand somewhere that it doesn't want to be, but being genuine and being interesting enough that we bring value to people's day. And I think, you know, when I started and as we kind of have evolved over these last 10 years, it's been like, more of a, you know, taking that old school advertising thinking into social media, where now we're a part of the network. We're part of the people's, the audience's experience when they're searching or on a website or looking at native articles. Like we've just become more a part of the ecosystem than a distraction from it. And like you said, like the more it changes, the more it stays the same. It's all about storytelling, right? And obviously character limit wasn't a thing back in the day when you're writing a, a, a newspaper ad or a magazine article or a blog for that matter in the early stages of blogging. And that's still a relevant piece of marketing. But yeah, it's just how you tell the message. And I think it's funny that the thing you mentioned with um, Dana when you're at Purveyor, A, her title at the time, new media manager, like, I think I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that actually mean? And then like the second piece is like, we know we have to be here, but we don't know how we're going to utilize it. And I think that's like very true yeah. for a lot of, you know, things like personally, I've set up social media accounts for stuff like TikTok or Clubhouse. That was a weird flash in the pan, huh? It was. And it's like, but like you watch it evolve, right? Now it's basically Twitter spaces. And to at least sit there and and indulge yourself in it doesn't mean you have to be pushing out content or even being fully invested into it. Understanding how it functions and just seeing maybe it's transitioning. That's the coolest thing for me. And any of the social apps I'm on consistently, a new feature or the way they're segmenting things or maybe a a button that's added on the navigation, like that's that's one of the cooler things for me, but I feel like the digital space is just so vast, but some of those core focal points of print or TV or radio are still existent and they apply across all these new channels that appear. Yeah, I want to tap into that a little bit, what you were saying, because it's interesting. It's been really, really kind of interesting to watch that roller coaster. Because it's like, all right, we think we got Facebook figured out. You know, it's 2013 and we're like, okay, we think we got Facebook figured out. We know kind of how to put content out there that's going to get engagement and going to get our message across and, and bring value and, and, you know, how to supplement it with, with paid advertising and paid reach and, and how do you differentiate your content there and that sort of thing. And, and then Instagram pops up and you're kind of doing it all over again. Mm-hmm. 
then Snapchat pops up and you're figuring it out again. And then, you know, Twitter starts to take off and you're figuring it out again. And then TikTok comes in and you're, you kind of are going like, Oh, you're, you're climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder. Like, yeah, I think we're figuring out how to do this and what our audience wants and what our audience needs to build that engagement. And then you're all of a sudden back at that bottom rung again with a brand new network. And so that's definitely a, you know, a huge difference is just the, watching the, the growth and then change in how these platforms are used. Even the way people use Google and search engines has changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in uh, in search marketing, you're doing more long tail keywords than you are than you've ever been because people just type their entire question into Google now. You know, they're not using the the short tail keywords as much anymore. And even in website marketing, right? Like and how that interacts with search where, you know, you were when we started out and we were building sites, it was like, how do we build engagement and click throughs on our homepage? Because that's where people are entering. And now with the way people are using search engines, I don't know if you've seen this with your clients. I know I've seen it, but the entry page is not the homepage anymore. So now you have to optimize every page because who knows where they're going to land. The percentages in the analytics will tell us likely not the homepage. Definitely. And when you and you mentioned like the, the social ad side of things, generally, you're not going to want to drop someone a social ad to the homepage. I mean, you could do that. In my opinion, doing that, it's not the best. But like even that, like on the search side of things, like or the you know, the retargeting digital um, you know billboard that is like the, the graphic, like they're clicking that and you're bringing them to what they want more. That's what I'm talking about with like the the evolution of the, the search campaign right. and the search marketing and, and the display marketing is like you are meeting people at different points in their decision-making process than you ever have before. Mm -hmm. And you can tailor your experience for them around that. For example, we launched a campaign this week called, we're calling it the Stay Another Day campaign. And it's around, you know, extending your playoff stay and, and that sort of thing. But like, we're dropping them onto an itinerary of the perfect playoff weekend in Green Bay blog. For a user to find that on the homepage, would be three clicks, I believe. And you're just asking for a bounce at that point. Right. Like you are serving it to them because you know, based on your audience targeting, that they are travel and tenders, football fans likely to be attending a playoff game in a certain income range, you know, certain age range. And you're like you were saying, you're going to put them on your homepage for them to go and find what you want them to find. You know, that's something we would have done eight years ago because you know you optimize your homepage to get people to where they want to go but you didn't have that ability to ultra target with the data that we have now so it was like well at least we got them here (laughs) that makes a lot of sense and it's back to the attention span right like people's attention span is just so so low and like with all these other apps and the way these the way these apps are social apps are instructed it's like they're trying to keep your attention more and more and more and everyone saw the social dilemma more than likely and just understanding yeah. how they're trying to keep you there to get someone on a specific thing to gain their attention is great. And I, I love that idea of you guys having that itinerary for that because people from out of state, like I said, when I've gone to different games or different sporting events or uh, concerts, I'm like, ah, I would love to know what I'm doing, but I basically, if I'm looking for somewhere to eat, I default to pizza near me on Google and like go through a Yelp thing yeah. if that's if, if it's a good location as Yelp. So it's like, you don't even really know what the hell you're, uh, what the hell you're looking for most often. So it's nice to have the resource like that. As we wrap up here, Nick, I want to, I, I got a couple other questions, yeah. but like one thing I want to leave up to you, you mentioned the NFL draft 
getting possibly uh, Marinette Marine or Fincantary Marine to bring one of their vessels here, their naval ships. You mentioned possibly hosting the Big Ten Championship game at some point. Mm -hmm. Is there anything on your wish list that maybe we mentioned those three? Is there anyone that you would like, you'd look back maybe five years later when you're still in the role at Discover Green Bay or even down the road, you'd be like, that would be awesome if we got to have that event there. Is there something on the wish list for the whole team that you'd want or do you have one that's personal to you? You'd get a different answer if you uh, if you asked our, our sales team. Sure. For me personally, I, um, you know, I think it would be awesome to host some of these smaller division one college sports championships i like that we saw the run with that wisconsin volleyball went on i don't know if you watched that mm-hmm. yeah i the first time i watched volleyball in a long time but man i did not realize how much fun it was to watch it was Absolutely. really fun. like i was on the edge of my seat man and i'm looking around their arena and you know this is what i do now in this role i'm looking around that that arena and i'm like Rush Center could hold this. We could do this here. There's a lot of moving parts to those things, but you know, even you know, Division One, Frozen Four would be sick in the Rush Center. You know, we did it once, or I think did we do it once? I don't remember. Maybe, but uh, uh, an NHL um, uh, Winter Classic would be. You know, there it seems like they just did one in Minnesota this year at Target Field. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be really cool. Uh, but that's just me. Like, I don't want to. We're not. You know, I don't know. Our sales team has all of their stuff on their list, and and, and you know me, I'm a I'm a big sports uh, big sports fan in general. So those types of things are more on my wish list than than uh, you know. I'm sure there's some big name musicians that would be awesome. And, but I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I go back to the sports side too. Like, I was thinking honestly, I thought you were gonna push for like the NFL draft the wish list of being like a Super Bowl, but like, honestly, those D1 tournaments or championships, I mean, it's not even far off to get like a, um, like an opening round, you know, round rob or the, the, the four teams coming to the rush center and playing, whether that's, you know, in the, in the, in the women's bracket, the men's bracket yeah. or any, any sport along the way. And the volleyball is a great one too. So I, I mean, I defer to the sports side more. I feel like you and I uh, definitely overlap there completely. Um, but I'm sure, but I'm sure that, but like, that's the beauty of it. Green Bay does have other offerings, whether it's um, convention centers or any other, you know, musical acts. I mean, they bring in some damn good stuff at the rest center. Now we got the, the Epic event center going on a Schwab and PAC. I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff around the yeah. area where you can pull from even more. People who say there's nothing to do in Green Bay just aren't trying. I agree. They're just not making a single effort. You know, that would be like going to New York city. It'd be like going to New York city, sitting in your hotel not going online and looking into what to do and saying and looking out the window and being like, there's nothing to do here. <laughs> like, well, I mean, what are you talking about? You got to at least like the most basic Google search out there. I wrap up every episode, Nick, with, with this question. Sometimes I get some gems. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes a little people hold it to the chest. You mentioned a little bit earlier on, you got some stuff on the wish list or you got some stuff that in events plan that you can share. You can't share. Is there anything you want to, any events coming up that you want to share with the people that are maybe would be breaking news perhaps, or any updates going on in discover green Bay or something on the forefront. Ah, uh, you're looking for me to break some news on the, in the bear den, huh? Somewhat, you know, the big ones, you know, the, the big ones we, we kind of already talked about, you know, there's, you know, we kind of want people to know what we're working on. Let's see. What do we have in the hopper, man? You know, right now it's just focusing on, on getting as many leads, that are coming in as possible. I don't have any breaking news for you around okay. the, uh, you know, any of these big events. Cause we, we talked about them all already. Um, I think, you know, 
the one that you will see move the fastest and get confirmed is is the ship commissioning. Okay. We've already had a lot of meetings with Ben Contiari and and representatives from our local Navy League who are involved in that. And I would say that's, um, you know, that is a very good possibility. We're hoping that the NFL draft is announced in March for 2020. They're announcing 2024, 25, 26, 27. Okay. Crossing our fingers that Green Bay is called. We, we put in a, a great bid worked really closely with the visitors bureaus in Appleton and Milwaukee and all of our hotel partners. Maybe we can chat again after March and I can tell you a little bit more about that process. I mean, no better time than now for the pet, for the, the area with them. Like we talked about developing title town and just the more hotels they're adding. And if you're collaborating with the the bureaus around the the state, I mean, that's, that's also advantageous. And it's tough to honestly, to a little side note here, it's tough to really give some great breaking news in comparison. I had my cousin on at one point, he owns a gym out in Minnesota and I asked him and he uh, announced that he was having his second child on the podcast. That was the first I even learned about it. So it's, it's really tough to beat that at this point, but I thought I'd throw you on the spot. And Nick, lastly, uh, obviously, how can people get in touch with you? And overall, how can people find Discover Green Bay and what the heck you guys do? I'm easy to find. I'm on I'm on all the social networks and my email is nick at greenbay.com. So if you want to reach out, uh, you know, that's where that's where you'll find me. Otherwise, I guess this is maybe a little breaking news. We are launching a new website in March, brand new website coming in March of uh, in March of this year. We're shooting for St. Patrick's Day so we can celebrate with some green beer. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, But it'll be a it'll be a much more easy to use site. It uh, we're using a company called Simple View which is the same uh, partner that Travel Wisconsin, our state tourism bureau uses. So there'll be some really great connections with the state. So if someone is planning a trip to Wisconsin in general, and you know one of their hubs is Green Bay, they can go on our site and kind of see everything that's going on in the, in the state. So that's just greenbay.com. I don't even know how you guys got that URL. It's an it's unbelievable. I'm sure it had to cost a Dude, funny story about that that my CEO told me. So Brad, our CEO, has been with the organization, I want to say, 15 years now something like that and the bureau when he started was known as packer country and you know the nfl owns the packers and i think they got like a cease and desist from them uh when he started and so they were like okay well what are we going to go with and he found out that like somewhere in the godaddy account and the website was like packercountry.com and he found out, like, whoever was in the marketing department at that time or was managing, I don't know if it was a partner or a person who worked for us at that time or what. I'm not, I wasn't there, so I'm not sure. But somehow it came to light that for the last years and years and years, we've had GreenBay.com just registered in our GoDaddy account and owned. And he's like, well, we're just going to use that, right? Yeah. <laughs> So we are holding on to it with dear for dear life. We will. We've got the. We've got a Thanos grip on that URL, man. And whoever had the foresight fifteen plus years ago, and Brad, I mean, to actually purchase that domain, which isn't really that much of a thing anymore, but to be able to get it at that, you know, the launch of websites and URLs, that's in the GoDaddy age. Yeah. I mean, that is that is awesome. That's yeah. That's great to know. Yeah. I also got we got all of them, man. We got GreenBay.org too, GreenBay.net. We had all of them. <laughs> that's crazy of all the places it was yeah. the, the tourism district to get it so nick i appreciate you coming on man yeah. i know you probably got some stuff to get to for the day uh big divisional game coming up 
Hopefully fans coming in from San Francisco, around those seven other areas that they can drive or flying in from wherever across the country are able to find you guys in uh, greenbay.com, find the itinerary that way. But I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man, and I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for listening to this Bear Den podcast. Follow Bear Performance Marketing on all social media accounts and look for further insight into marketing with Bear Den episodes and interviews with small business owners. Add in audio versions of Bear Necessity blogs, which are also available at bearpm.com slash blog. Send us your marketing questions for them to be answered on a podcast by our BPM team.